For over 45 years, Pensacola Christian College has set aside some time each spring semester for Bible conference. These days of concentrated study and preaching from the Word of God are a time of spiritual enrichment for our students, faculty and staff, and many others who join us for these services. We're pleased to welcome you to the PCC Bible Conference. Take our Bibles, turn to Acts chapter number 15, the book of Acts chapter number 15. I love this place. Uh, And I love this time of year at this place, a great time of year at a great place. Dr. Shoemaker, Dr. Lance, Pastor Redlin, thank you for allowing me uh, to have a part. Uh, I want to speak this morning on the question that I'm asked the most as a pastor, how do I find God's will? Uh, You may not need uh, this sermon freshman for four years, maybe six years. Uh, But eventually, everyone in here is going to need, uh, how do I find God's will? How does God lead? How do I know that that this is the will of God for my life? What uh, major should I study? What uh, career field should I enter? Where should I live? Uh, What church should I join? What ministry should I be a part of? Uh, Who should I date? Who should I marry? And on and on uh, and on. And at times, it feels kind of ethereal, kind of mystical. But I want to give you uh, very tangible, very practical ways some some filters through which to see clearly the will of God for your life. How to be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Uh, What the will of the Lord is. By implication, also, uh, when uh, the will of the Lord is. Ecclesiastes says, a wise man, be not unwise, but understanding. A a wise man discerneth, uh, be not unwise, but understanding. A wise man understandeth. A, a wise man discerneth both the time, that's the when, uh, and the judgment, that's the what. Uh, because to every purpose, that's God's will, to every purpose there is a time and there is a judgment. Uh, I find that most miss God's will because they're rushing too fast. Uh, rather than taking their time and making sure Uh, taking their time and praying through and uh, being certain that this is the next step. Uh, Think about Moses. Moses knew the what of God's will uh, when he saw that Egyptian oppressing that Israelite and uh, he took matters into his own hands. He killed that Egyptian, delivering that that Israelite, uh, supposing that his brethren would understand that that God by him would deliver them, and uh, God by his hand would deliver them, uh, but not then. That wasn't the right time. Uh, but when you find God's what, and uh, it's in God's when, uh, later on he delivers not one Israelite from uh, one Egyptian. He delivers 1.5 million Israelites uh, from the nation of Egypt. Uh, the will of God. Well, it's like having the wind in your sails. Uh, the will of God. It's like when a distance runner gets his second wind. Uh, the will of God. Uh, being in the very center, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Uh, it, it, it's almost like uh, riding a bike downhill, except the Lord built the house. They uh, labor in vain that build the will of God. Hey, the Lord's building the house. Uh, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Uh, when you're in the will of God, the Lord's keeping the city. Uh, and in Acts chapter 15, uh, they're working through some major doctrinal uh, debates. Uh, and what they decide, uh, how they message it, who they send to, to communicate it, uh, it, it's not necessarily the 
primary teaching of the passage, it's a lengthy passage, uh, the primary teaching would be the Judaizers, the legalizers, those that uh, were saying, except a man be circumcised after the manner of Moses, he cannot be saved, that's verse 1. And then uh, later on, talking about how uh, you have to keep the law of Moses and be circumcised. Uh, if you're going to be a Christian, you have to go through Judaism, uh, trying to relegate uh, Christianity as another segment, another sect of, uh, of Judaism. And of course, uh, on the other side of it, the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. Simon, Peter, and Paul were there. They're wrestling that through and then some uh, decisions were made and then communications were sent out. Well, it's not the primary teaching of the passage, but there's an embedded thread all throughout this passage on how they found the will of God for them uh, and how we can find the will of God for us. I grew up in Fort Madison, Iowa on the Mississippi River. Uh, 20 miles south of Burlington, 15 miles north of Keokuk. Uh, Each one of them had a lock and dam. Two of the 29 locks and dams on the Mississippi River, a a fast-flowing river, shifting sediments uh, on that river. And those locks and dams were there to control the water level. Uh, They were there to control the flow of that water, uh, to make it more navigable, to make it more uh, saleable. Fact. Uh, The Mississippi River uh, carries, transports 472 million tons of cargo each year, uh, including 46% of the grain exported uh, flows down the Mississippi, third longest river in the world, second uh, largest watershed in area, fifth uh, biggest in discharge, 2.3 million cubic feet of water per second dump into the Gulf of Mexico, a a very fast-flowing river, uh, a shifting sediment in that river, what Uh, was once a year ago uh, navigable, uh, could be uh, almost impassable rocks under the water, uh, very fast ever-changing at its narrowest, only a few feet wide, at its widest, seven miles wide, Uh, at its shallowest, only three feet deep, at its uh, deepest, over 200 plus feet deep, uh, and the channels would change. Uh, The channels would change. All of the bends in the rivers uh, constantly moving, constantly adjusting that 2,320-mile-long river, not just going north to south, sometimes actually going south to north and uh, east to west and just snaking along. Uh, Depending on what resource book you're reading, we'll uh, have the channel charted at either 300 miles longer or 300 miles shorter than another resource book that's citing the exact same distance. I'm saying that it's shifting. I'm saying that an uncharted channel and to pilot a steam before sonar, to pilot a paddle wheel before depth finders and sonars would take a captain with years of experience. Uh, And even then, during those big bends in the river, during those uh, dangerous points, those uh, uncertain points in the river, uh, they would crawl across the top of the water, uh, marking the depth, uh, making sure uh, they're crawling uh, around those rocks that are there. Samuel Clemens wrote a lot about this in uh, the book Life on the Mississippi, and then also in uh, the book Tom Sawyer. Uh, He wrote about about that shifting sediment. He wrote about those uh, uncertain areas, and uh, he would describe how the captain, uh, after one whistle for for port and two whistles for uh, starboard, uh, he'd call out, mark the depth, Uh, and the leadsman would take out a 
cord with a lead weight on the end of it and uh, toss it out. It's marked every six feet, every fathom, every six feet, every fathom. And uh, the captain, as they're slowing it down, they want to make for sure. They don't want to destroy the ship. Uh, As they're slowing it down, they're kind of feeling their way through, almost like a blind man with a cane at an intersection, uh, tapping along, going around a corner, uh, wanting to make for sure that he doesn't put himself in harm's way. Mark the death. And they would call back six feet and rising. Uh, Mark the death. They'd call back uh, nine feet and rising. The only difference is they would use fathoms. Uh, One fathom, six feet, two fathoms uh, 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 would be 12 feet. Uh, And many believe that's where Samuel Clemens gained his pseudonym, his uh, pen name, because the ideal depth for sailing those waters was 12 feet, was two fathoms. And uh, when they would call out Samuel Clemens, who was a pilot for years, uh, they, he would call out, Mark the death. Uh, when they were in that sailable water, they'd call back, Mark Twain, Mark two, two fathoms deep. Uh, but he wrote about how many ships that would uh, run aground, how, how many ships would would end up uh, destroying their boat, abandoning even their boat uh, because of a cavalier, kind of a careless, carefree type approach uh, in those dangerous bends in the river. Uh, And by the way, how many Christians have we seen do the same thing? Uh, Those that were unwise, that uh, weren't understanding uh, what the will of the Lord is, those that uh, didn't hold faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. What college to attend? You crush that one. Uh, What major to study? Uh, What career field to enter? Uh, And then at graduation, uh, where should I locate? What state should I uh, live? What church should I uh, join? And what ministry should I I serve? Who should I date? Who should I marry? And, And big after bigger decisions, even small decisions along the way, boy, slowing it down, seeking God's will. And again, you may not need this for five years. I would write it down. I would tuck it away. But eventually, all of us are going to need this uh, lest we run aground, uh, lest we miss God's will, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for our lives. And so uh, how do we mark the depth of those tight turns in life? Uh, how do we navigate around those uh, unseen, just under the water, rocks in life? Uh, how can we safely sail those uh, uncharted channels uh, in that, that river uh, that we call uh, life? Proverbs 24 says, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Uh, in the multitude of counselors, I want to look through a rubric of eight different ways to see God's will. If you've ever been to an optometrist and they put that thing on your face and, and then they start clicking in lenses and uh, is that cloudier or is that clearer? Is that cloudier or is that clearer? I want to give you, with the time we have remaining, as many of the eight as I can that will help you to be able to see the will of God, the will of God, what God's will is Uh, for your life. And again, boy, this was a big bend in that river if you've uh, followed the river of Acts. Uh, In Acts chapter 15, I'm talking about dangerous waters theologically, a a big bend in the river, uh, that that shifting sediment. Uh, When there were 
legalizers, Judaizers, saying, no, it's the law. It's got to be the law. You have to go through Judaism uh, and and the the council at Jerusalem, that doctrinal debate, and uh, and then the decision they made, and then sending out messengers, and Paul and Barnabas uh, separating, and then uh, multiplying uh, uh, the ministry that they had. I want to look at eight ways, eight ways to find God's will. Uh, Write down number one, if you will, a multitude of counselors, a a multitude of counselors. The first thing I see in this lengthy passage, uh, number one is the counsel of the word biblically. The counsel of the word biblically. Uh, God's will never contradicts God's word. Uh, God's will will never be in conflict uh, with God's word. Look at verse number 13. They've already debated and Uh, Verse 13, and after they had held their peace, James answered saying, men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit Simon Peter. It was Acts chapter 10 at Cornelius. uh, Did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. And of course he quotes Amos 9 Uh, Verse number 11, the word of God agrees. The word of God agrees with that. God's will will never contradict uh, God's word. God will never lead you to forsake the assembling of ourselves together uh, as the manner of some is. Uh, God's will will never lead you to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. God's will and God's word are always in harmony. Psalm 119, thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. And to the first question, uh, should I move there? Should I do this? Should I uh, date them? Uh, The word biblically, the word biblically still gives us a whole lot of choices, okay? So uh, the next lens to layer on that as we walk through the passage, uh, number two, mark the depth. Uh, by the word biblically, but then number two, by the counsel of the pastor individually. Uh, By the counsel of the pastor individually. Look at verse number 13. They debated, they discussed, uh, and they they made the decision. Verse 13, uh, and after they had held their peace, Pastor James, Pastor James, pastor of the Jerusalem church there, uh, answered saying, men and brethren hearken unto me. He explains it. He teaches it. He, he, he then declares it in verse number 19. Wherefore my sentence is. And then he gives his counsel. Uh, it, it's almost like Joshua when he said, we've not passed this way before, but God has. We've not passed this way before, but God gives us road signs for his will. Uh, and the first one is the word biblically. The second one uh, is the pastor individually. And by the way, uh, isn't that one of the titles for a, a pastor, a shepherd and uh, under shepherd? He leadeth me beside. He leadeth me. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. First Peter chapter 5, feed the flock of God who is among you, taking the oversight, the oversight. Uh, not by constraint, but willingly. Uh, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Uh, not as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples in samples uh, to the flock. And so the word biblically, but then also uh, the pastor individually, Hebrews 13, remember them which have the rule over you, uh, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith uh, follow, kind of like Paul said, uh, be followers of me as I follow Christ. By the way, notice that I did not say the counsel of the pastor exclusively. I did not say that because it's in the multitude of counselors. 
Uh, and, and typically, my counsel that I give is more, well, have you considered this passage in light of that decision you're making? Uh, well, make sure that you're also weighing this in, the, the, the repercussions of, of that. Uh, it's counsel, it's not dictating. Not as being lords over God's heritage. Uh, I like what he said when he said, uh, not that I want to have dominion over your faith. I don't want, as a pastor, to dominate your faith. I simply want to be a helper of your joy. And so the water's getting a little tricky. The rocks are hard to see. That sediment has shifted. We need to make sure that, that those big decisions, those watershed decisions in your life, mark the depth with the word biblically. Uh, with the counsel of the pastor individually, put down number three, quickly, number three. Uh, we're going to go sequentially through this, this long passage. Uh, number three, the counsel of the church corporately. We're adding another lens, adding another lens, adding another lens. Boy, how do I know if I'm to move there? How do I know if I'm to do that? Uh, how do I, do I know if it's that state or that church or that ministry or this major or that career? Uh, the counsel of the church corporately, it's the same bend in the doctrinal river they're taking. They, they made their decision, but now how do we communicate it? Uh, who do we send uh, to communicate it? This uh, thing about uh, it's not uh, uh, being a Jew first and then uh, going into Christianity. It's not about uh, except a man be circumcised after the manner of Moses. Uh, you cannot be saved. Uh, uh, how, how do we communicate that, that balance there? Uh, verse 22, then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, uh, namely, a, namely Judas surnamed Barsabas, which literally means son of the, son of the Sabbath. Uh, and you talk about someone that's qualified, a good person to sin, talking about uh, grace and law and uh, how the law applies to the Christian and uh, how it doesn't. Uh, uh, the son of the Sabbath is probably a good person to sin. Uh, Barsabas and Silas, chief uh, men among the brethren, and they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren, talking about the church, the church, the whole church, uh, the apostles and elders and brethren, send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, for as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying, ye must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good unto us being assembled with one accord. There it is again, a reference to the church corporately, uh, the apostles, elders, the whole church, uh, the brethren uh, in one accord to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas who shall also tell you the same things by mouth, the counsel of the church corporately. By people that unplug from the church, People that unplug from the church usually have been hurt by a pastor or a church and now don't trust any pastor or uh, any church. Uh, even more, they distrust every pastor and uh, every church. But don't ever forget, God gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists. God gave them and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And so under this point, think about it this way. 
Uh, if you're the only one that thinks you need to make that move or uh, thinks you need to, to do that thing, and uh, the church corporately, the church corporately has, uh, 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 thinks it's a bad idea, uh, you may want to pause and reevaluate. Mark that depth one more time. Uh, if this is the only thing that's saying thumbs up, it may be a thumbs down. With a multitude of counselors, the consensus, the, the consensus of counselors. Put down number four. Mark the depth. Uh, not only the counsel of the word biblically, how do I see God's will? Counsel of, uh, of the pastor individually, and, uh, and then uh, the counsel of the church corporately. Uh, but then number four, write it down. The counsel of the Spirit supernaturally. The counsel of the Spirit supernaturally. Look at verse number 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us and to us, the church, they're in concert together. They're coalescing together. Uh, they're in collaboration together. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us and to the church. Boy, it's in the consensus of counselors. If you're only trying to find one that tells you to do what you already want to do, uh, and if they don't say yes, and uh, finding a different one to, to tell you to do what you already want to do, uh, it may not be a consensus, those cabinet of counselors saying it's God's will. It may you be just you having that strong will, that, that will of the flesh wanting to, to do what you want to do. Uh, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. It reminds me of Revelation 22, five verses before the end, when uh, the Spirit and the bride say come. The Spirit and the bride, the Holy Ghost and the church, the Holy Ghost and, and the church, and here it's referencing that. Uh, it seemed good to the, the Holy Ghost uh, and, and to the church, and so uh, God's leading them by way of these different lenses. Uh, God's uh, uh, showing them, clarifying to them uh, what his will is with the word of God, with the uh, pastor individually, church, uh, corporately, and now with the spirit supernaturally. By the way, I love when Jesus Christ was baptized. He came out of the water, the voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, and the spirit descending and abiding. Uh, and in Mark 1, it says, the spirit driveth him into the wilderness where the spirit of God doing the driving. And then in Luke chapter 4, Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Boy, the, the leading of the Spirit of God supernaturally. John 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In verse number 8, God gives insight, clarifies, uh, when Jesus said, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, or uh, whither it goeth, uh, whence it cometh, or, uh, or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You ever been by a campfire, and one of those glowing embers lifts off, uh, and the wind catches it, uh, and the wind directs it, and the wind lifts it, the wind lowers it, uh, the wind sails it, or the wind stops it? Boy, that ember, it's a lot like D.L. Moody who said, uh, lie passive in the hands of God, knowing no will but his will, and uh, having no desires but his desires. Boy, finding the will of God for your life. If we took the time, we could go to chapter 16, where uh, the, the Holy Spirit of God 
uh, they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to go to Asia. And then uh, when they were come to Mysia, the, the Spirit suffered them not. And so uh, not only are the steps of a good man ordered by the Lord, but the stops, the stops, the stops are also ordered by the Lord. In fact, turn to chapter 13 quickly. Turn to chapter number 13, back two chapters. Uh, this is where Paul and Barnabas are originally sent out. They're sent out. They're steered in chapter 15. They're stopped in uh, chapter number 16. But look at verse number one. It's, uh, it, it, it does add insight. Now there were in the church, the church, that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, talking about the church, verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said to them, to them, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they, the church, had fasted and prayed, and they, they laid their hands, the church did on them, they, the church, sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed I think it's at least noteworthy that, that, yes, they were following the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, but here the Holy Spirit of God wasn't necessarily directing them uh, as much as the Holy Spirit of God was directing the church. He talks about Paul and Barnabas in the third person. Why separate uh, them, uh, Paul and Barnabas. Uh, if he was talking to them, uh, he'd be saying, uh, separate yourself, separate yourself. Make sure that you uh, go yourself. And so uh, this coalescing, this, this consensus of counselors. Let me give you the fifth one quickly. Uh, who to date, who to marry, uh, what job to take, what career field to study. Well, the reason that Matt Allen is in Papua New Guinea and uh, uh, Brother Butler is in North Carolina, Johnny Pope in Houston, and I'm in Baltimore, uh, is because of the wind of the Holy Spirit steering the, the will of God for our lives. Uh, number five, the next lens, the next lens. Hey, mark the depth. Uh, in those big bends in the river, those tricky areas in the river, uh, with the word biblically, that's non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. The next three, kind of directional the pastor individually, the church corporately, the spirit uh, supernaturally. But then uh, the fifth one is more affirmational. The fifth one, uh, the counsel of your desires personally. The counsel of your desires uh, personally. They traveled to Antioch. We're back in chapter 15. He, uh, they gave them the letter. They testified uh, 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 of, uh, of the decision that was made, 33. And after they had tarried there a space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles, notwithstanding it pleased Silas to abide there still. Uh, it pleased Silas, his desires, his desires. Uh, and understand, this isn't the first one. Uh, I like how uh, we're following it sequentially, but God's also giving it to us by order of priority, the word of God the pastor, the church, the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and we don't get down to, well, it's just something I want to do. It's just something that I want to do. Uh, 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 understand, uh, if God's called you to pastor, he'll put a desire in your heart to pastor. Uh, but it's not about following your heart, following your desires. Uh, it's a lot like Colossians where it says, uh, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's affirmational. That's not uh, a coach telling you uh, uh, to steal that base. That's more like the umpire ruling in your heart saying uh, you stole it uh, incorrectly or uh, you stole it uh, correctly. Uh, and, and so these are affirmational, the desires. And after we've basked in the word of God, uh, after we've spent time worshiping the Lord, hey, that's when he changes our wants to be in line with his wills. 
Our wants being in line with his will. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he'll change your desire. Delight thyself also in the Lord. He'll give thee the desires of your heart. Let me quickly give you the next three, just so you can have a list of them. You can go back and please double check me if uh, they search the scriptures daily to see if what Paul said was so. I I hope you will me. So uh, number six, we're talking about uh, finding the, the perfect, the good, the acceptable, the, the saleable waters, what uh, God's will is, not just uh, the word, the pastor, the church, uh, the spirit, uh, a burden that, that we have is number six, the desires we have personally, number six, uh, the counsel of a burden internally. That's Paul and Barnabas saying, boy, we want to go back and minister to those people we've already invested in. That's uh, 35 and verse number 36, a burden, a burden. God will give you a burden for that field. By the way, the balance is this. Just having a burden is not a call. If you visit a mission field and you're burdened about that, burdened about that, hey, that just means you have a good heart. Uh, don't isolate one of these. It's not about uh, this one, or, or if they don't tell you what you want, try this one, or, or if that, not that, okay, uh, this one. And if all you have is one of these, uh, you don't have a consensus in the consensus of counselors. Put down number seven. The council of closed doors relationally, 37 through 39. Paul and Barnabas, the contention was so sharp, so sharp. Closed doors relationally. Revelation says that God opens doors that no man can close. And and he also closes doors that no man can open. Uh, We need to be strong enough to walk through that door that God opened. Uh, We also need to be submissive enough not to try to kick open a door that God has already shut. And then lastly, uh, number eight. The counsel of a need seen visibly. The counsel of a need seen visibly. Uh, say not, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Uh, lift up your eyes unto the fields. They're white already uh, unto harvest. I think we have this saying of, well, I put out a fleece. I put out a fleece. Should I quit college? I put out a fleece. Should I uh, marry them? I put out a fleece. Should I, should I uh, go to that country? Should I, I put out a fleece. We, we, we misunderstand that because... Uh, Gideon, God was already told, uh, God already told Gideon audibly, uh, audibly, verbally to go. Uh, in this I might. Uh, see, have not I, uh, I sent you. Uh, and Gideon was already going, uh, doing God's will, sacrificing to God, uh, tearing down that, 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 that altar to Baal. Uh, he'd already sounded the trumpet, gathered his army. Uh, the fleece wasn't about, okay, am I going to follow him or not? Is it God's will or is it not? And uh, someone that says, well, if it's sunny tomorrow, then I'm, uh, I'm going to do this. If it's not, then two out of three. Okay, sunny the next day. Uh, okay, then sunny the next day. No, it's in the consensus The consensus in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the consensus, the multitude of counselors, they are established. I was saved when I was in my senior year of high school um, and dove into the Word of God. And and, uh, God impressed upon me with several of these ways that uh, he wanted me to pastor. What college to go to? What major to study? Uh, should I study pastoral or youth pastor or missions? And then uh, even after that, uh, where should I head? Should I pastor a church? Should I be an intern? And then uh, all the decisions, who to date? Boy, there's so many big decisions, so many life-changing, pivotal, watershed decisions. Uh, let's not rush in headlong. Uh, better to get to God's will a little late than to not get there at all. 
You've been listening to a Bible conference message from Pensacola Christian College. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.